0: This is Chris Grabowski, recording for the Mystic Place blog and podcast. On October 8th, 2011, at 3 p.m. at the Irving Convention Center in Irving, Texas, there was the Star Wars Fan Days celebration. What you are about to hear is a recording of the Clone
1: Wars Q&A
0: panel. In this panel, we had four stars of the Clone Wars television show. That would be Stephen Stanton. Tom Kane, Ashley Eckstein, and Meredith Selinger. Enjoy. Thank you very much for coming out.
2: We really appreciate you guys
0: being here. Uh, I know there's a lot of other stuff going on this weekend, Texas Studio Weekend. Isn't there a Ranger game today, too? Something like that? But uh, but who cares? Because it's bandage, right? And uh, I think that this next panel is going to make it all worth it. Uh, you know, to me, some of the absolute best interviews that I've ever been a part of or that I've ever heard are interviews with voiceover
2: actors. And so it's really cool that we've got a, a treat for you guys today because we've got five of the coolest voiceover actors from the Clone Wars series. So in no particular order, I'm just going to tell you who all is here. We've got
3: Tom Kane, we've got Meredith Salazar, we've got Ashley XT, we've got Captain Tabor, and Stephen Stanton. Let's bring them up. Stein, I do the voice of Asoka Tano. And a, a few incidental characters, not not as cool as um, some of the ones that Kat was just mentioning. I think like a turtle child, um, <laughs> some other incidental characters. Uh, K2B4, I think, was the, the biggest one. It was O. C. Sobek's droid. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's a cool one. Yeah. And actually <laughs> stood for. Kobe Bryant 24, K2B4. <laughs> 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 I'm Meredith Salinger and I play
4: uh, Padawan Barris Offie yeah. and <clears throat>
3: I'm Cain. I'm uh, uh, Yoda. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Yo- yeah, I'm <laughs> uh, I'm Yo- yeah. And Simon's everything. I'm Yoda and... Admiral Yolaring, of course. And the opening narrator. Empire of War, as the planet right falls under attack. I think they're
1: probably the only one who is in every single episode. Yeah, I'm fine you
0: pointed out I'm like that's that's true that's the best <laughs> gig of all <laughs> so anyway well we're uh, we got a microphone set up here I think anybody want to ask some questions uh, that'll sort of help us figure out what you want to talk about because <laughs> we're clueless without, without a script we're not so good <laughs> I'm enjoying the series very much the question I had for you is to um, George the kite I um, was talking about in the last one that when he did the voiceovers, they did them one at a time. Do you guys do yours as a group, or do you do yours as one at a time? Oh, my!
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, we're actually fortunate that we get to do it as a group. Um, Tom, on the other hand, gets to join us every now and then, but from the very beginning, they stressed group records, and which I've, I'm very grateful they did, because We have a lot of dialogue in our show, and I think the relationships are very important, and I don't think we could've established uh, those tight bonds and those tight relationships if we weren't in the same room acting together. That's much more
4: relationship-oriented if you can look at the person and actually have a scene, like you're actually doing a real scene with someone. It's not just, you're not just hearing them through headphones, you can actually look at them and
3: fight with them. Well, and and that's actually a really good example because when we had those scenes with Ahsoka and Varys, Um, where they're, you know, literally facing death and, uh, you know, they're deciding, hey, we're going to sacrifice ourselves to save us. That was a very emotional scene and I think, had we read it separately, I don't think it would have come across the same.
0: No, it's, I I just don't physically live in LA anymore, so it's not possible for me to go there and record the, the thing. So... In my case, though, it's, it, kinda, it, it really hasn't presented any problems because the characters that you don't interact that much with the other people in the scenes. I mean, Yoda basically tells people what to do or he's you know, dropping uh, witticism or mysticism on somebody. But there's, not, there's very little back-and-forth dialogue with Yoda. And the same is true of Admiral Yularen. He's an admiral. He's ordering people around. There's not a whole lot of emotional interplay with, with Yularen. He's the boss. And the great thing about uh,
2: when Tom's not there is that sometimes Dave Filoni asks us to try our hand in a bad Yoda. So <laughs> somebody, somebody has something to read again, so that gets pretty interesting sometimes. Well, they're always looking for backups. <laughs>
1: right? um, I have uh, those questions, too. Um, one, I wanted to actually ask, is there any other big Yoda episodes coming up? Or?
0: Um... I believe this season uh, there's a a couple that are are more Yoda-heavy than than we have seen recently, and I know that next season there's a fairly important story arc that involves Yoda. So, uh, and we're um, we're not even sure how how far this thing's going. I mean, we we were originally told there were 100 episodes, but we passed that, you know, a month ago in terms of recording. (laughs) several years ago. My other one was just a bit of an opinion. Uh, if you could all pick one episode, what was be your favorite? Like- well for the, uh, the the thing that generated your question, I think uh, from a fan point of view, not just because it's Yoda, I like ambush. Oh. You know, I, I think a lot of the older you know the older fans that was so that was the most Empire strikes back ish the episodes that Clone Wars has done in terms of Yoda's personality and stuff like that so for me just as a fan to, to, to watch it, that that's my favorite one and
1: doing it also is kind of nice so. <laughs> Thank you
0: Any
2: other favorite? Citadel Rescue <laughs> <laughs> You're a gun, what can I say? <laughs>
1: rookies because Dee Bradley Baker, is amazing. And I also always say, in sense of Ryloth, the character uh, of Numa with Waxer and Glow is just really a great story that I really love. Yeah, I, I
3: always say I write the Mortis trilogy. I think the animation in that is stunning. Um, I thought the writing was great. Christian Taylor wrote that uh, three-part story arc, and I thought it was great. And Sam Witwer and Matt Lanter in those episodes I thought their performances were yeah. fantastic. So I thought that was an overall three episodes. Those, those were my favorite. I liked Brain Invaders.
4: That's I got to play two sort of different characters in that one. Um, well, Barris, who's always good and kind, then gets invaded by these brainworms and she has to turn evil. So it was a, <laughs> nice to play the of
3: characters. I like, oh, I need nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> figure comes
0: with brain worms.
2: Oh. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> um Adam, from a fan standpoint do you think that in the uh, season premiere this season should Chir- Akbar said it the trap
1: <laughs> I can say that during the recording session he did say it many many times we all, we all had a, a lot of I think everybody said it uh, it was it was a lot of fun but it was it was pretty close
0: the thing that's kind of funny is, you know, everybody who works on the show, probably for the first time in the Star Wars franchise history, um, was a fan before they worked on the show. And that's part of that's just, you know, timing that so many years have gone by. that There's a whole generation now of people that are artists and writers and actors that were fans first. I mean, Dave Filoni was, one year before he was directing The Clone Wars, he was dressing up as Plo Going, it was not to, going to convention, it was not so um, you know it's it is it's just one of those things where it is a little different. I think you know we we have a, it's a labor of love for us in some ways more than you know it might not want it to be. I don't know where I was going with that, but it
1: is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting is the, the the actor who plays Akbar though um, his name is Art, and I knew him before. He is probably the biggest Star Wars probably a bigger Star Wars fan than me. <laughs> So when he That's hard the, to do. It, it is hard to do. When he got that part, and I saw him at the session that first day, he was almost in tears. So it was really cool to see this person who was such a fan, and such a fan of such a cool character, You know, such an iconic character that so many people love, to get to bring him to life. He was truly, truly honored. And hopefully, maybe next year he'll be here, and you guys can meet him too. Because I know yeah. He would be really excited to be here. I came up to him at the uh, premiere, and... Um
0: it was just weird because he was acting weird about me because I I've, I've done I'm the older act bar, um, so. Uh, in Star Tours. just wrote the new Star Tours ride? Like, the game was in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny is he was like acting all weird like hoping I would like his act bar and I I came out of the, the thing going, like it, dude, you nailed it. I mean it was flawless. So I was I was like you know. Went from being a little jealous that they didn't use me to going, okay, this is better. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, was, it, it was a thrill, you know, because like the old fans like me, to, to hear anytime there's a tidbit, you know, something original from the movies it, that they can work in, it's always a big, big thrill for everybody to hear and to work on because, you know, it evokes the, the original films. But the funny part is, is I've had a, actually I've had a couple people say that their kids, because of the skin timing, this is their Star Wars. And then when they've seen the movies, they think that some of the stuff in the movies came from Clone Wars. So they're like, oh, I heard to say that in one of
4: the Clone Wars episodes. <laughs> like,
0: oh. No, actually, this is like that.
1: <laughs> I just had a couple of questions. My first question is, um, is George still very much in the uh, process of the whole animation and the whole story? And as far as Issa Tano and Anakin Skywalker are concerned, is their relationship going to continue to develop one so someone. It seems like it's getting pretty, pretty deep. As far as the development of characters, so. No, no, not romance. Anymore. I'm saying, I'm saying, as far as Jedi, from a Jedi Master to Padawan, you, you know, is it going to continue to develop or the the
3: relationship between Ahsoka and? AK, um, Absolutely. I I mean, I think we've seen this from the beginning of the series until now, uh, how much closer they've become. She's very much like, I would say, Anakin's little sister. I mean, I think we've all seen by now. I I saw the crazy music videos that were developed in the beginning, (laughs) you know, where people thought the relationship was more than just purely platonic. But um, I think we've all seen now just that the relationship they've developed is really just like brother-sister um, really close, and it, it'll it'll be interesting because I say this is my personal opinion. Um, Ahsoka, I think she would be shocked if if she knew what happened in the future. I, sh- I think she only sees the good in Anakin. I mean, she may question—well, not may question. She does question, <laughs> <laughs> what, you know, his actions and, and what he does quite often. But. Um, just the thought of of him being married to Padme and him turning to the dark side. I don't even think she would believe it. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't know what what is coming up in the future, but it'll be interesting to see what she does find out, how she reacts. I don't don't know any of that. I'm like you guys, I'm a fan. I'm anxiously waiting for the scripts to see what happens. Um, But I I like the direction it's progressed. Um, And I think what we've seen with Ahsoka, she's become less of a sidekick and more of just one of the gang. Right. Like, I think she seems like less of a Padawan and more like she belongs to be there. So, um, it, I'll be interested to see, you know, what comes next, because I don't know. What was the first part of your question? you had something
5: about...? It. Uh, how
4: involved, is George Lee is still
0: very much involved in All the website. Process? Yeah. I mean, I'm not up there, I'm
1: just like I know. <laughs> oh yeah, we were once a <laughs> <laughs> No, I
0: mean, well, from what I've been told,
1: Story. Yeah, he's in every meeting.
0: He's in the pitch meetings. He's in the story development meetings. He sits there. He sits there while they're editing. I mean, from what I've been told by Dave and, and about the people that work on it, he's more involved in Clone Wars than much of anything in years. He really, he's, he really likes this project. And a lot of times,
1: for me at least, when we have what's called pickups, which we go in and there's an episode that's done, but you have to come in and do something either to fix a technical difficulty or. To add line, a lot of times those notes will be directly from George. Like, um, you know, in this scene, he wanted you to yell more loudly because there's all these stations going on. Or, you know, he wanted you to add this into this line because it sounded too this. Or, and so I definitely would say he's really not just seeing, but very detailed about the vision that we're putting out, which is exciting. <coughs> This is for Ms. sign. for your clothing line, Her Universe. to oh, first thank
5: you for creating it. Woo! As a as a, girl. As a, as a girl, it was you know hard growing up. You you know you saw it all in the boys section. And so, are you planning on releasing that to the stores, or is it just going to be online only?
3: We definitely plan on releasing it to the stores. Um, a fact that many people don't know is the reason we really haven't been in stores yet is because we didn't have the rights to sell in stores. Um, We only had the rights to sell online and at conventions because honestly we had to prove to a lot of people that girls would buy merchandise and I know it sounds silly but uh, we were met with a lot of skepticism. Lucasfilm was unbelievably supportive. I mean, I can't thank them enough because they gave me an opportunity when nobody else would, frankly. No one else wanted to believe that women would buy sci-fi merchandise, and I kept on laughing at them. I'm like, half of all sci-fi fans are women. Why are you saying you wouldn't buy it? Um, But it was almost like they gave us the opportunity, uh, but we had to prove ourselves. And so that's why, I mean, I just can't thank everyone enough because every single purchase is actually making a statement. It's saying that, okay, women will buy, and and that's all we're asking for. We're not trying to say that Star Wars is for girls. um, Or we're not trying to say that sci-fi is for women and it's a girl's world. No, it's for everyone. I mean, all we're asking for is just equal opportunity. So when a guy and a girl (laughs) walk into Hot Topic and the guys have five Star Wars shirts, we'll have an equal amount and made for women. And we don't have to go to the men's section and continue to buy you know, the same stuff they're buying, yeah. (laughs) So we're getting there. I mean, we've only been out about a year and a half. Um, However, we've received lots of interest from retail, uh, certain retail stores. And I think a big thing, I have to thank everyone here that came to Disney Star Wars Weekends because Disney gave us an opportunity to sell at Star Wars Weekends and they were so surprised by the amount of women that bought the merchandise that they're gonna pick up our merchandise year round. And that's truly because Ooh. all of the women out there I the the have to thank all the men out there who are vying for their wives and girlfriends and daughters We're making a statement. And slowly we're getting out there. So it's coming. Just it'll take a little while. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you all for being here. We really appreciate you all being here with us. Well, thank it's you for inspiring. having me. <laughs> Dave's crazy. not here, and he can be kind of cagey on his answers, so you don't have to be cagey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dave is watching. He's
3: currently watching um, right. We're we're not
4: allowed.
0: To well, that. you can say this, I would imagine. No spoilers, nothing ahead of time, but I'm curious what you think your characters know. Uh, Ashley, does Ahsoka know about Padme and Anakin, or what does she think? Uh, Stephen, does Mazamina know? Who is behind the Sith? Uh, does Tarkin later know who Vader is?
2: Like, those are all really great questions, I think. You know, that's part of the reason why the characters have been introduced so and start exploring the answers to those, you know, in more detail. I mean, I would kind of like to think that most of these guys are a little bit more in the know than maybe we think they are at the moment, the whole thing with Tarkin. I mean, this gets brought up a lot because uh, there's a scene in Episode 4 where you know Vader comes to uh, Tarkin our conference room over there. He's like, you know, my old master is here. I feel it. you Obi-Wan Kenobi, he must be dead by now. You know, and it's like, whoa, who just said Obi-Wan's name in that scene? It's like, well, he obviously knows who Obi-Wan you Kenobi is, whether he knows the full backstory between those characters. I imagine that's part of what, you know, we're going to find out in Clone Wars. You know, but I think we've got a little bit of a ways to go from Captain Tarkin to Admiral Governor Tarkin. Death stuff, so there's a lot of ground to be explored. And as far as Masa May is concerned, he is an interesting character. Like you were saying, you don't like more
1: well, Padme. When like. we are recording, that's yeah. one of those times that really makes a difference, because to me it's great to be with you when you're playing that character because I feel sort of evilness. No, I
2: agree, we should do what she says. It's really, she's right. No, you're right. We should do that. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm on the moral side. You know, Dave has, you know, told me about time, he said, Masa Meda is kind of a survivor, you know, he's like, we're on the winning team, he's suddenly like closer to them, you know, it's <laughs> like exactly, all of a sudden than, than, the, than the other person. But yeah, those, you know, I imagine, I would love to see, I would love to see like an episode that really featured Masa Meda and you know, like really, you know, integral to the plot, you know, a lot of behind to see stuff. I think would be a good idea. Ashley, what's Ahsoka about?
3: See, I I don't think Ahsoka suspects Anakin and Padme again. I think maybe that's where Ahsoka shows her age a little bit. And this is just my opinion. Dave may disagree with me. (laughs) But um, it's it's funny because Ahsoka's had to mature a lot. And I think we see most times the mature side of Ahsoka. But then there's there's moments, and you'll see a couple in season four, where she truly acts her age. Um, which she's a teenage girl And I think one of them is I don't think she suspects
1: yeah. Anakin and Padma. What do you think? I don't think so I mean we talk about this a lot Like some talked talk about it with James Arnold Taylor And whether or not He feels that, that he knows something We've kind of come to the conclusion That C-3PO knows <laughs> 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 but, but I think it's interesting As actors Because we have to We have to make our own decisions About what we do And don't know
3: Yeah We do discuss that Because I mean We've had a scene and where Ahsoka and Padme are talking, and Ahsoka alludes to the fact that her and Anakin are close, but to her they're just great friends. Isn't that nice? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think she realizes it, is my opinion, but and we'll see. It'll be interesting at what point her eyes are opened. Thank
0: you. And the Empire has, has the don't ask, don't tell thing, so she's see seen we'll never say anything. <laughs>
3: I have a question for Katherine Taker. You play a lot of Star Wars characters including Mission Vale, My in Public, Princess Leia, The Force Unleashed, and Padme
1: in Clone Wars. But well, out of all the Star Wars characters you're playing, which
3: one's your favorite?
1: Um, you should be my publicist, first of all. <laughs> uh, second of all, you know, I love things about all of them. Mission, because she was my first job. So that was really exciting, and then and to already be a Star Wars fan and to get to become a part of the universe. Little did I know that the rest of this was coming. Um, so I love Mission. It was fun to play Leia, but Padme is the one that's, that's truest to my heart. I I just I always say that I love that she's a lady and she's elegant and can do girly stuff, but she'll pick up a blaster when she needs to, and that's my favorite kind of female character. And, and why well, is such a great character too? It shows girls. You know that you can you can be tough and, and get in there and fight when you need to with the boys, and I, I just love that about Star Wars. So Padme is is my my ultimate favorite. So I feel really lucky to get to play her. Thank you. I know this film doesn't tell you much, but have you heard them speculate anything about a future Clone Wars film to end the series, like they had one to begin the series?
0: Well, they talk about everything because, well, no, they, I mean, you have to understand this, like I said earlier, the original vision that George had was a, you know, a certain number of episodes and, you know, but he, even as amazing as George can be, you know, he can't see the future. He didn't know if the show was going to be a big hit or a flop or, you know, who knows. And they're still developing things. I mean, this is, obviously, they're making this all up. They've got a, a, a universe of characters, that some of which are established and some of which are new, but there's no you know, hard and firm path. So they sit around and say, well, you know, how do we go from here to here to here to here? Obviously, they do have an anchor at one point that all the lines have to converge to in terms of you know, how to wrap the Clone Wars up in terms of these storylines, because we know what happens next. But how that's going to happen, I, I'm telling you truthfully, is not decided. They are, it is a subject of great discussion amongst all of them as to where to go, how to do it. So, you know, I mean, there's talk of everything under the sun. And you know, they're thinking of showing their final episode on a blimp at the Super Bowl. I mean, who knows? I also don't think that
4: the first film was intended to be a film originally. I oh, think was it? I uh, the Clone Wars was created to be a series, but it was so good. It ended up being so beautifully made artistically done, and they, they turned it into a film because it, it was just the quality of it seemed a higher caliber than just for television, so it was released as a film. And if they end up doing that for the finale, who knows, but it wasn't intended to be a film. It just and that so have, good. It should, that was Warner Brothers
0: yeah. doing. It wasn't something that came from Lucasfilm or George, well, let's make a movie and then turn it into a series. It was a series mm-hmm. from the beginning. It was the Warner Brothers executives that said, wow, if we cobbled together three episodes, we can make a movie out of it because we thought it was that good. But again, we don't know. We'll be, we will know shortly before you do it. You know, shortly, I mean, how long it takes someone to Twitter it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
5: Um, okay, well first of all, I would like to say that the humorous statement is about to go on its way to Japan. My best friend lives in Japan, and she really wanted Daddy's little girl shirt, so I just ordered it. And it's Going to be going to her from my house. Um, wow! So, yeah, she was really excited. Oh, thank you! Um, so, yes, her university is in to Japan. We <laughs> got oh, cool. um, shipped to Japan, so thank <laughs> you for doing that. <laughs> and my other question was how did everybody's auditions come about for
2: the Books? Well, uh, mine came through my through my agents, uh, which is where I, I did all my auditions from. And uh, the first character that I auditioned for was. Uh, which was a season 2 episode called The Duchess of Mandalore. And uh, Tarkin pretty much, and the other character that played, uh, pretty much came the same way and came to uh, auditions today. And of course they they, they change these auditions when you get them to so they don't have like keywords words and points. they're all removed and made into things that don't make any sense. Like, why are we talking about a school bus? It's like, what kind of character is this? It sounds like medieval or something or other, but you know, security is very high, so... You know, sometimes you get in you're like, oh, that's what we were talking about. That, that makes sense now, but everything I've done so far is, is pretty much kind from my agent.
1: Mine was uh, an audition as well, originally, and I, I know I've told this story before, but I was pretty new to voiceover, so the casting director um, didn't have me on her list of people to see, and my agent, my wonderful agent, called and said, no, you, you have to see her. She is Padme. Um, and so I luckily got in and then Dave and Henry at the yeah. audition said that everybody that was coming in was really good and they had a lot of great choices. But Dave says that when he heard me say Annie, that they were like, that's our girl. So and, uh, when my agent called to tell me that I got the job, I first didn't believe her and I was like, okay, no seriously. And, uh, and screamed really loud, and scared my neighbors. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was a really
3: great, fun experience all the time. They had the exact opposite reaction with me when they heard me me read a Padme line. Um, They didn't even let me finish the line. (laughs) I guess it was that bad. (laughs) I I was halfway through my line and I knew I wasn't the right fit for Padme. I told my agent and I'm usually a pretty positive person, but I almost didn't go to the audition because I said, this is just pointless. I just don't sound like her. And he was like, no, just go anyway, go anyway. You never know. And sure enough, they cut me off halfway through, and I was like, darn it. And luckily, he said, no, you sound way too young to be Padme, but we have this new 14-year-old girl character, and um, that's how it happened for me. Uh, I didn't even know, and they didn't even tell the agents that there was this new character. They just, all the girls that were coming in for Padme, they had them read for a sofa as well, Uh so it was, I mean, they were very, very secretive about it. I, I know I've talked about this, but I didn't know I was playing Soka until I was already cast. So they, And then they said, oh, by the way, keep it a secret for two years.
4: Mine was the same way. Through my agent, they asked uh, someone, they wanted to see someone with an English accent. not English. Um, and I've been obsessed with doing accents since I was a little girl, and so I was very excited to do Ferris as English, and um, I think also part of the reason why I got it maybe over some other proper English actresses was because when I was a little girl, I did a movie called The Journey of Nanny Ann and it was about a girl and a wolf, and our director, Dave Filoni, is obsessed with wolves. he has, like a little wolf dog, and he's just obsessed with wolves, so he, I think, was excited to have me just being with him and work with him. Um, that was really funny, he's really, he's really, he's really successful. And... <laughs> And then once I did Barris, um, like we said before, if someone's not in the room, when we all work together as a cast, um, they'll ask another actor in the room, they'll say, oh, Yoda's not here today, so um, Eric, you be Yoda, or someone will just do it as a joke. And then I always was doing other little accents while we were performing, and so then I was given an Australian girl, and then a few other characters just because I was playing around. So the other roles that I got were because I was just being silly in the room.
3: Okay, it's not being silly, though. It's, it's actually quite difficult. It's being talented. Yes. Um, <laughs> Meredith can do almost any voice and any accent and any sound right on the spot. And a lot of people ask how you get into voiceover. Well, that's, you know, a perfect example is, you know, Dave would just throw different things at Meredith and she's able to do it on the spot. And, um, so it's not silly. It's talented. <laughs> or silly. <laughs>
0: I'm i uh, I was kind of grandfathered into the whole thing because I've been doing stuff for Lucas for almost well, probably 20 years. Back when I started off doing games, back when they were you know on, on floppy disks the size of card tables. <laughs> <laughs> most most of the people in the room under the age of you know 20 have probably never seen a floppy disk, but. Um, you know, you used to have to put in 15 of them to run a game. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I was just doing miscellaneous, you know, TIE fighter pilot number three or Imperial officer number two or something like that. And Like we all talk about, you know, you read the lines and you read. And again, it's not trying, you're not, you're not really trying to show off. It's just part of the animal we are. You know, it's like, a, I guess it'd be like a football player, uh, you know, not being able to resist picking up a football that he finds on the ground and throwing it to a friend. I mean, it's just what you do. And uh, so we we are constantly reading other lines, other characters, and trying different voices for it. And sometimes the director or producer will say, "Hey, yeah, that would actually work for that one." Well, that's kind of the way I was, is I've been doing Yoda for fifteen years for games and toys and stuff. And Frank was done; he retired. So they were just like, "Well, just keep using him." So uh, and the other thing, the the opening narrator and the. Uh, Lauren the same thing I to audition for it like anybody else they just, you know they just read this and read this and they listen to it and decide who they wanted to use and sometimes it's not just you know as much as I'd love to say on all of our behalfs that we're just so scathingly brilliant about something we do a lot of times it's just you know you yeah especially if you're already a major character I, I'm, I'm, again I'm not trying to integrate myself but I, I'm sure that part of what got me the narrator and Lauren is the fact that I was already Yoda, and under the rules and regulations of the contract we have for animation, they can use you for three voices without having to pay you more. So from a sheer from a sheer business point of view, they are not gonna bring three people in to do those three characters if Tom can do the other two. So you know I, 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 I'm modest enough to admit they might have been a much better narrator out there, but they're going, yeah, Tom does it, it's free. <laughs> I'm going to do the Scrubbing bubbles guy. <laughs> you have to be careful when
2: we die for making parents and noises. And like did a funny sound during one of my sessions. I'm like, oh, who did that? And Steven like, oh, yeah, you're going to do that now? Yeah. For, character for that
0: thing you do. doing. I'm like, oh, okay. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so with there being so much Star Wars out there between games, comics, whatever else. Uh, how does that kind of work the story? I mean, it seems kind of like a minefield to kind of trudge through, so you don't mess up someone's history. And then also, if there was any characters from those things, other movies, whatever else that you guys want to play, each of the play. Um,
2: well, I can tell you one character that would be interesting to play, but I don't know if he really has any dialogue next a little lot. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that guy is so cool, and, uh, you know, he's just as far as the story goes, I mean, we get a lot of. They give a David of you know, pet talk for each. I remember the very first episode that I was in. It was, in, uh, I think, it was the Duchess of Mandalore, which was part of a multi-story arc in season two. I didn't know what was going on at all. I mean, the episodes that they had worked on prior to me showing up hadn't aired season. So I'm sitting there trying to wrap my head around this thing. It's like, thank goodness, you know, Dave Bologna came out. and said, alright, here's the way this whole thing works. You're doing this, and
0: this. Uh, nice this. He hates her because of this, and i know. like, it's kind of a good day. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, it was very, it was difficult to keep
2: up, but I mean, they do take a lot of care about making sure the storylines aren't crossed and things like that.
1: And that does not fall, the responsibility does not fall to us, thankfully. Yeah. So, um, we just come in and Dave gives us a big rundown about what's happening and why. And, and not just logistically, but, you know, sometimes for me aside, I this sometimes we'd actually to talk about the emotional reasons that your character is doing something and, you know, and really get in deeper to it. But we don't have any of that real responsibility. They, they oversee us. And I want to play James solo. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've done land I want to
0: sense is that, like I said earlier, this is the first project, probably, uh, that's certainly of its size, that's staffed from top to bottom by fans. Um, So, there is, you would believe the level of knowledge that someone like Dave Maloney has about Star Wars. I've never encountered anything ever that he doesn't know. And and, uh, other people involved in the same way. So, if if anybody proposes something at a writer's meeting, or a plot meeting, or whatever, that's to cause problems with the expanded universe or whatever, then someone's going to immediately go. Ah! So I'm sure that that occurs a lot, but not not, not for us. It's already side of settled long before we get involved.
2: I would like that you guys to do your voices. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well,
1: um,
2: I'm Captain Willoughby. You're your commander of the Death Star and I'm also Marsa the Chancellor's right-hand man sort of a, I still call myself a semi-evildoer
1: and I will say Anakin ever since I met you you've been playing with toys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Wookiee
4: Super
0: Bowl. Bad. I'm with her. It terms the bad guys, Cap'n Wins in, in my book. But uh, uh, I mean, I like Yoda, obviously, just because my involvement. You know, he's the cool character. But really, you know, it's not—he's not in the show. But you know, I, I want to be Darth Vader too. <laughs> Good guys are fun, but the bad guys sometimes get the best line. So you know, no I am your
3: father. <laughs> I like R2-D2. He's always been my favorite. He's
1: the one I feel like that saves the day. Yeah. My favorite is Yoda. Oh. Okay, yeah. I always has been. And then meeting Tom, who's such a
0: great guy too, it just makes it even better, so definitely Yoda. I'm turning green. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, do not like to sound self-absorbed, but I do have a fancy for Captain and primarily because I was a big fan of Peter Cushing and his work, you know, in addition to what he did for Star Wars. I was just, you know, all the he okay? was an really incredible gentleman, uh, you know, an incredible actor, and you know, just to be able to play this role, I get excited every time, you know, you know, uh, role game. original Citadel Trilogy and get all of the three skips, scripts in advance so I was kind of like kept in the dark so it's very exciting to see what happened with that episode then so, you know, so I mean, it truly is my favorite
3: I had a question for Catherine Tabor and Tom Kane y'all were both in Star Wars Nice the Republic and I hear y'all are going to be in the new video game Star Wars the Old Republic and how does it feel to come back to them?
1: It's pretty cool and exciting for me, like every time I get to, to take on another Star Wars project I'm just like, yay, thank you! And with Mission being my first job, it meant a lot. But this new character, Yvette, although she is also a Twi'lek, is very different uh, than Mission. And I'm just excited as someone who loves games, but I think this game's going to be really amazing. So I'm kind of excited to play it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, uh, I've got... Two characters, one of which is returning from the original. Um, It was funny because we did it so long ago, nobody could remember what he sounded like. (laughs) So we actually had to summon it up. But but LucasArts had to go run and find a game and plug it in until they found my characters. Oh, that's what he sounded like. (laughs) But but, yeah, it is amazing. They told me that, um, uh, partly because it's an MMOR, obviously, but they said there's more dialogue in this game than all. The other Star Wars games put together, all of them, forever. <laughs> so, I mean, we're talking still, it's about this thing. I mean, I've got a, I've got a moderately, just a mid-level character in, in this thing that is. Uh, I, don't know, I can't talk too much about it because it's a new, entirely new thing that has not really been existing before in the Star Wars universe, but. Um, It's a mid-sized character, and I've probably already been recording 18 hours of this. I mean, it's just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lines for a character that's this big. I can't even imagine what the main character scripts are like. They're probably as tall as I am. So this is going to be a game that, that, um, from what, and again, you can hear the the people that are working on it, because they're gamers too. They're, They're so excited about this thing. So, I think you guys are going to be happy,
5: mm-hmm. so. I have a question for Captain Tabor. Could you tell us a little bit about your games for soldiers?
1: Oh, thank you so much for asking. Um, it's really just a little tiny thing that uh, I just kind of wanted to say thank you to our soldiers who were deployed, because um, I have this really amazing life as a silly little actress here in this great country, and uh, I wanted to be able to do something, and I thought, well, a lot of soldiers really like games, so I just started Games for Soldiers, um, which I get donations from friends who are gamers, so it could be a game or two, and sometimes from companies, they send me boxes, and I just ship them over to uh, soldiers deployed in Iraq and Afghanistan. And then sometimes actors will give me, you know, headshots and notes and stuff to put in the boxes, too, and it's just a little something to say, we're thinking about you guys, and here's some fun entertainment. (laughs)
5: <laughs> Recently, this summer, um, I had a, my garrison and I um, did a fundraiser, and we sent you a bunch of your comic books. Hey, man. Yes, I'm Karen. Hi, Karen. And I I sent we sent you. you a bunch of comic books and a few video games and some DVDs. And as I was working through through your publicist and you, um, we had such a good time doing this fundraiser for you. I discovered that you were not an honorary member of the Bible First. No. And so today we're gonna to pre- we're gonna uh, fix that. So today I have some things for you if we can come and bring it to you. Yeah, he's down here. We have it's an honor to present this to you for the wonderful work you do in our fandom and especially for bringing strong female characters, which is my heart, and bringing strong female characters and role models for the uh, new generation. We also have your very own name tag, and we made a special badge for you, with you on the back. <laughs> and we have just a couple of other things for you. These are the patches from our garrison. Be in Louisiana. We have Mardi Gras, which is unique to anybody else. It's also coins, and it says, presented to Kathy Tabor by Vastelf Harrison. And we have this made special for you. And I have more. <laughs> this is my favorite part. We worked very hard to present this to you. This is your very own custom carded action figure with you on the back. <laughs> 2011 to commemorate her, um, her induction as an honorary member of the file of I want to encourage other garrisons to get behind her games for soldiers and do what you can to raise, bring games, and we just sent DVDs and comic books and things for the soldiers through her through her organization.
4: Miss Kimberly,
0: thanks for listening to the Mystic Place blog and podcast. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. Joey, yes, Kimberly.
4: It is my turn to talk. Okay. Thanks, Joey.
0: No problem.
4: If you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to send an email to Chris at mysticplace.org. That's C H R I S at m y s t i c p l a c e. Dot O-R-G.
0: You can visit the blog at www.mysticplace.info. Have a nice day.
4: Take care.